Hey Warriors, I hope you had a great week. Mine was pretty good. Uh, we had lots of rain, which is really nice. It's nice to hear storms, nice to hear the rain. Um, I also got to have a good time using my recurve bow that I just got in the backyard and been practicing even some katana uh, like stances and like sheathing, unsheathing my sword, but it's with a wooden one. So I, I got a lot of the, the training stuff to help me. Um, I'm, I'm slowly trying to take lessons. I wanted it to help me with my health and something I've always wanted to do. And unfortunately, there's no kendo, kendo uh, um, place around here to practice with, but I just want to see just, just something to do. Uh, secondly, um, I just want to remind all of you that, you know, well, not all of you, but if you're new, understand that a lot of my examples are not going after people a lot as much as experience of what I've gone through. So understand I've been doing this for four years, so it's kind of like a story. If you jump in in the end of the story and and, and trying to make things un like connect understanding of what I'm saying, you may need to go back a bit. You may need to even go start from the beginning because you could see how much you know God's changed me, how much uh, I've grown, and you know I had my struggles. However, there is stories, and so I'm sorry. If some of some of the examples I use, you you might be taking it wrong. I don't mean it to, for you to take it wrong, but you also got to understand where I come from. Uh, as well as uh, if you're new, we also have a Discord group. Um, as some of you may have joined the Facebook group, is not as active, but the Discord group is a lot more active. There's a lot more people. There's a lot more conversations. There is things in the, in the in the making through it, and there is people that you might. Find out that just live near you, or you know, used to live where you used to, or used to live at, or they used to live at, and you can find connections. And it's really neat to see some of the guys open up and share their thoughts, and share prayer requests, and uh, answer questions, and you know, just get involved in a different way. It just it's it's a place. It's not meant for you guys to join to be part of the group. The idea is to find network and connection to other men who are living every day the life that God has given them, but they aren't living it alone. And that's one of the things about this podcast is designed to help you guys, even myself, walk the walk. To discover that warrior within us that God has planted us to be as men of God, as godly men of God, as leaders, as men of our families. But definitely don't uh don't forget that there is a purpose for the podcast and it's 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 real, it's genuine because I go through things and I know I've gone through things in the past. I know other guys have gone through things. And we need to know that in Scripture, there is power in God. There is strength in God. There is courage in his Scriptures and his truth. And being around other men in prayer, all that is all important. So, yeah, if you are interested, join the Discord. And as I sometimes remind you guys, please subscribe. Please follow, please share these podcasts to people you think might need to hear it. That's the only way to get this out. I, I don't have anybody really doing any social media other than myself for the podcast and what Spotify does. So you're just as much as a help for me and an encouragement for me to see this uh, moving forward other than what I know God's doing in the background. Um, let's see. Um, I, I, I will say, um, one cool thing that's been going on is I got asked about, uh, 
a blog I did and they wanted to use it in this online magazine called uh, Upward Focus. It's a Canadian one, Christian one. And I actually asked them if they want me to write more and they actually don't mind it. So I think it's a cool open door that God's opened and just keep praying that I stay humble, stay true to his word, stay true to what he has planned for my wife and I, and that the ministry ahead is going to be really cool and just keep praying for all the pieces to come together. So this week I have been rethinking because like a lot of people have been asking, oh, what are the series on the armor of God that you did? And that's like two summers ago. So if you're wondering, it starts in, I think, episode 95. And I realized that since the armor of God is technically the verses that we stand by for the for warrior within as well um, as the one in, in Corinthians, but the armor of God in Ephesians 6 area is one of the major things. So today I wanted to not, I'm not going to redo the armor this time around, but I wanted to talk about different things that we need to start talking about with connection to the armor. That's why it's called armor Two. devil is a liar resist. Because the thing is, I, I know I taught about, we have the armor and we have to take care of it. But now you guys are in battle and you gotta get, you guys gotta make the connection that the battlefield you're in is not just a spiritual battlefield. It's not just the spiritual situation. There is things in real life that we see that are going to affect our life and it's going to get involved. So understand that there is an enemy and there is sin and there is our choice. And we do need to wrap our minds on the idea of what the armor is all about. And I do want to eventually do another series on the armor of God because I just I just love it. There's a lot of things that God has taught. And I think, you know, it'd be neat to do another one. Even if it sounds different, has different perspectives, it's just God's teaching. That's how that's how it works. So, um, let's see. There is I, I've been hearing sometimes lately there's like preachers and people who are belittling the enemy's ability to cause issues in our life. They keep saying, oh, stop using the enemy as, as an excuse. And, and I understand they're trying to say, stop excusing your choices, but you can't, also, you can't teach also that you can't be using the enemy. The enemy is going to be doing things in your life constantly. And you, have, you haven't put two and two together. It's not just the spiritual. The enemy can influence people in your life to do things as well. Because we are responsible for the choices that we make. But there is a battle. There's a battle for your life. There is, the enemy is out to destroy you and me. The enemy wants us, and I've mentioned this before, wants to attack God's creation to destroy it not be the only one that's going to get thrown into the lake of hell or to waste your life as a Christian here on earth. 
They will use lies. They will use distractions. They will use ideologies that to make you feel that it is more spiritual and godly to follow these ideologies. But in reality, it's it's actually pulling you away from the truth because it wants they want to destroy you. First Peter 5, 6 through 11 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know, the lies that we see a lot, especially us men, is that we're always built around anxieties. Is it not? I mean, think about that for a second. We talk about how hard it is to be a man. We talk about how hard it is to lead a family. We talk about how hard it is to provide a family. And there is an episode where I talked about that we are not supposed to be be the providers because God is the provider. We're supposed to be the follower of Christ. That's how we provide because we are willing to humble ourselves to Jesus Christ that he will provide. So therefore then in return, we are providing for our family because the focus is God. We need to cast our anxieties on him because he does care for us. We need to be sober-minded, watchful. That means we can't allow our minds to be clouded, isn't it? It's just interesting if you think about it. It's like the pieces of armor, the armor, you know, the helm, the chest, the the boots, the belt, shield, sword. All of them have their different responsibilities. Be sober-minded to be watchful means our mind and heart need to not be clouded with junk sins that are just clouding up our perspective of God, past and hurt sins. It's all there. And then we have our truth, you know, what we stand on, what is the firm foundation by which we stand on. And then our boots of peace is the idea that you're going to have peace no matter what is happening to you. Good, bad, hard, you know, it may be taking your life away here on earth. We're supposed to walk in peace because who has control? God does. As we continue in verse 8, it says, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, hungry, seeking someone to devour. Verse 9, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same things of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We're not alone. But we don't have to be prey just sitting out there getting eaten. And we definitely don't have to be alone running around in armor and our sword and shield trying to defend off the enemy. No. There's a brotherhood throughout the world that is going through the same struggles. There's other men in in the Discord group that are going through the struggles. There is men in your neighborhood that are going through the same struggles. There is a community at your church of men that are probably going through the same struggles as you are. Verse 10, And after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. There will be a time where we will be in heaven and we will be restored fully, but there will be times here on earth that God will restore. Does not mean we'll be perfect. Does not mean all the health problems are going to go away. Does not mean the thorns going to disappear. Because remember, Paul asked for that. He will give us strength. He'll give us energy. He'll give us the ability 
to complete his will for us. You know, Genesis 3 mentions how the serpent tempted Eve. He twisted God's word. We got to understand that the devil lies. John 8, 44, <clears throat> you are your father, the devil. And here he's talking to the Pharisees and those who don't believe that Jesus is who he is. <clears throat> and your will is to do your father's desires. That's talking about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, nor or say, excuse me, because there is no truth in him. And people ask, well, you know, why can't the, the devil, you know, repent? Well, he has no desire to change. Because he doesn't have the truth in him. He doesn't want it. So when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Let that sink in your head. Guys, Satan led a rebellion against God to try to overthrow him. One third of the angels and himself were thrown out of heaven. And what better is it to attack his creation, his humanity, to continue to get them to not believe that Jesus is the Son of, of God, that he did not die on the cross, you just need to find your own spiritualism. You just need to find your own inner self. Because what is what else could be better than seeing all of these people, these humanity, men and women, who won't see Jesus, God, for who he is, going to hell? Because how else can you hurt a parent? Children. This also means that we are in a constant battle against lies. Being thrown at us like mud by darts is just so in our face on a constant level that it's not always blatant. It's not always just visible, like a straight up lie, like they're walking around with a sign, I'm lying to you. See, the devil has learned how to manipulate humanity. I mean, the fact that he was able to manipulate Eve in the beginning. These lies will feed off of your life. It, it will be so much of the truth that the lie is right. This is why the, the lies that we hear a lot, like love is love or love wins all. Follow your heart. Just be nice and good. As long as my actions don't hurt anybody else. They, they should be accepted. They should be fine. I shouldn't be punished for that. And guys, Christians believe this. Christians are running around using these phrases because they see it as, hey, it's connected to Jesus. But they're not. They're cultural ideology. You can't be good unless you know God can't know God unless you know God. It doesn't matter how many good things you do. We are not worthy as Christ is worthy. Just because you tithe, go to church, go to Sunday school class, do Bible study, bring your kids to things, 
uh, pray before dinner. Those are great things, but that does not identify you as good if you're disobeying God in the outskirts and like in the, in the shadows and in your heart, in your mind, you're not seeking God out. You're playing the part. You gotta be so careful. There's a lot of us playing the part. I know why, why I can say that. And I say this wholly, it doesn't matter. Like I know I mentioned the other time, you know, the picture in my mind of a lot of people who dress up super nice, walk around with the Bible and their hair is slick over and they appear to look like that, look like the Christian. It's not because I don't, I think every person like that is not a Christian, which I was very clear about that in the past before. It's the idea is that that's how Satan looks. Satan looks like an angel. He looks good. He looks in appearance. But the fruit, the fruit of those people that I'm talking about was not representing what they say they are. They weren't walking with the truth. They weren't walking with the Bible as their truth. And we need to be very careful because the enemy knows how to whisper in our ears. It's like, all you need to do is just behave. Remember, just stop acting this way in front of the pastor and you're all good. You know, all you have to do is just behave in front of the, the Christian teacher or Sunday school teacher. You're all good. You see, the thing is, what I was trying to get you to understand is that just the appearance of Christian being Christian doesn't mean that you are being a Christian in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Because at home, you might act completely different. And I've seen it, and I've had people say it to me. Yeah, you wouldn't like me at home. Yeah, you wouldn't. You probably would be ashamed of how I am at home. And it's like, why won't you change then? What's keeping you from changing? The key thing is because they're not resisting the devil at home. It's so much easier when you're with other believers. So much easier. That's why... That's why in the New Testament, it teaches us to be in unification with other believers, being around the other brotherhood and the sisterhood, to be like-minded in our actions and thoughts of truth, to meet with each other regularly, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to edify one another. Why do you think these teachings are being thrown in there? Because it wasn't like it was a surprise. Oh, I didn't know in 2024 it was going to be like this. forget to resist the devil at home at work their friends in the community when we're alone or doing our hobbies we forget to resist the devil take a quick break see james 4 7 through 10 says submit yourselves therefore to god Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, you and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. But once again, we resist, he will flee. If only we could draw near to God, if only we humble ourselves, if only 
you obey his word. We are becoming easily more influenced by the enemy's words as Eve was, especially when we start doubting our faith. When we start questioning God and his truth. This is a word that deconstruction ideology is taking you to. Well, maybe, you know, you know, it's 2024 and maybe, you know, we need to start changing the way we look at scripture because it doesn't, it doesn't match up with the culture very well. You know, maybe, maybe Jesus, when he was teaching, he didn't really know that, you know, these, these words that we use today uh, would be used today. And we need to be able to interpret the scriptures to, to better suit these words. And maybe we misunderstood the understanding of these words because it needs to be more modernized. When, when it's supposed to be the other way around, we're supposed to go back to the original scriptures. We're supposed to go back to the Hebrew and Greek so that we have a better understanding of what's being taught, because today we're getting told other ways lead to better walks with God. You just need to be more spiritual. You need to stop being so stuck up about the truth. You need to be more open. You need to not use those words, because those words hurt people. You know, it's too judgmental. It's too harsh. You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're reading the scriptures a little too deep and maybe God just, you know, maybe God wasn't really talking about that kind of stuff. You know, Jesus never spent any time talking about, you know, same sex issues. He never talked about that. We can't switch our sexes. You see, this is the ideology that's, that's slipping into our culture and being accepted. And I'm talking about the church culture, the Christian culture. And it's not everybody, but it's a good portion. Because it's, it is in our music. It is in the preaching. It's in these conferences and seminars. It's these men and women who are being encouraged to lead. But there's not enough people speaking against it. And I'm not talking about being harsh and mean about it, but speaking with truth and love. Because we got to remember, those people could be easily being influenced and, and are, being, are following false teachings, but there is redemption that we can call them to if they repent. And this is the thing. We don't resist the devil. His lies are going to be much stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where people's armor of God that they were wearing, it just, it just, it's weaker because it's not being taken care of properly. It's not being trained properly. The, the, the bodies of the people are becoming weaker and weaker. So it's easier to be less resistant. Because you do understand, like, if you don't practice and you don't train and if you don't live by, you don't do all the stuff you need to do to be at your best, your body gets weaker, your mind gets weaker, your perspective gets weaker, the, the, the armor you're wearing becomes weaker. And so it becomes 
less resistant, almost like a toy. Plastic. So when the enemy does strike, you can't resist. Because you're confused now. You're, you're you're not understanding what's going on. You're 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 almost blinded by the lie so much that no, you're right. You know, if I was less judgmental of people, they wouldn't see Jesus as such a terrible person. Oh, you know, maybe if we didn't we didn't just go start pointing fingers at just one sin all the time, maybe people would get saved more often. Now, however, I do agree. I think we, if we're going to talk about one sin, we have to talk about all the sins. You can't just point out one and say, oh, it's so horrible, and then excuse all the other ones. But this is the reminder. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the whole armor of God. You notice it didn't just say put on the armor of God. It said put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If you are weak in one part of your armor, the schemes of the devil are going to get in. Shield's weak. Going on with your faith. Why, why is your shield weak? Coming to salvation? What kind of doubts are you having about what Christ did? Or maybe understanding sanctification. Or maybe understanding grace and mercy. I don't, I don't understand that stuff. Now, that's part of learning about the helmet of salvation. It's all part of understanding what Christ did. Breastplate of righteousness. Yeah, I'm not really walking in righteousness. I'm kind of walking to my own drum right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm being more open to people, even other religions, because you know, Old Testament kind of shows a God. He's pretty, pretty mean. And this new new God, you know, it seems like he's better, but man, some of these other religions have some ideologies that just fit. And you know, yeah, yeah, I, I am sleeping with my girlfriend, but I love her, and I live with her. Marry her. You know, I've been drinking a lot, but that's okay. You know, I, I just stay at home, and I drink my six packs, and no, don't bother anyone, don't hurt anyone, I don't drive. The thing is, we start excusing. That's why our, our righteousness level defenses get down more too. Belt of truth. You don't even either don't, like most people don't even know the truth or they have allowed other truths to kind of come in and they kind of redesigned their perspective of what they think their truth is. I mean, in the NAR situation, they are teaching the musicians to write music of theology that they think people should have in the next five years. Not about the scriptures, but they think. Boots of peace. Once again, the misconception of what peace means. Peace does not mean no war, no problems, no death, no nothing. It means you have peace even during the hardship and the good times. Because you know who God is. So you walk and you stand firm and you and you take you step forward, the spirit, the sword of the spirit. That's the scriptures. You don't know your scriptures. You don't have a sword. You don't know who the Holy Spirit is. You're not going to have good understanding of discernment and defensing off attacks and fights or stepping when you need to fight and step up for truth. See, all the parts have their part. 
the enemy can get through those defenses, he can give us the cravings of our heart. That's why in my series, I talk about there is the world's version of it. And it's so easy to fall into wearing that armor because then you're enslaved right back to the devil's hand. Good thing as Christians, we do have the Holy Spirit, but man, if you keep resisting the Holy Spirit, you're going to keep it quiet for a time. And God's going to let you do what you want to do. The Holy Spirit can guide us, can help our minds and our hearts to see God better. But how I want you to understand, when we fail and we fall, we, when we sin, it isn't by accident. It isn't because the devil pushed us to do it. Because we chose. Still a choice. Even after all the temptations, even after all the attacks, this is why it says, resist the devil. Resisting is knowing God. Resisting is obeying God. Resisting is doing what the scriptures tell us to do, to live by how to act. We do have our part. We're supposed to submit. Look at the verses above. We're supposed to humble ourselves. That means we're surrendering to our king, our God, our Lord. That means we're not doing it on our own. We can't fight all this stuff alone. That's why, once again, being with other brothers and sisters helps. Having accountability. This is why having a church helps, because you have accountability. Because as we get into these battles, and if we're alone, which the enemy loves putting us to a point where we feel alone, we start falling and failing. We start dropping the armor and putting on the world's armor because it starts... You, you, the thing is, one thing I have learned throughout my life the enemy is only going to attack you the hardest when you're supposed to be, when you're doing what God is asking you to do. And then when you're not doing what God is asking you to do, it's going to be less and less attacks on you. Something to think about as you go through your life. If you notice certain times of your life, doesn't mean there's not peaceful times when you're walking with the Lord and things are just great. I'm talking about if you notice that you're sitting more and you're in your enjoying a lot of worldly things and you're getting like there's no battles like from the enemy the enemy has you where you need to go why why spend time continuing to keep pushing you if you're just going down that roller coaster ride just into the hands of where where they want you to be but it does begin if you want to change if you want to get right you want to walk you start walking in the way you're supposed to be doing you want to resist the devil it starts with humbling ourselves to our king like a knight, understanding that he is the Lord, that he will give us the energy, the time, <clears throat> the, the power, the encouragement, the, the, the understanding of his will and his timing. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. This does not mean you get superpowers. This does not mean uh, you, you, you're suddenly like, known by everybody and everything it it means that he will basically build you up in the way that you're supposed to be in the way you're supposed to go and people who do know you will see that change in you they will see growth in you this is why it's so important to resist the lies 
enemy is out there throwing these lies at you on a daily basis, trying to get you to, to falter, fail, to quit, stop trying, to give up. The devil would be like, stop resisting. I have something better for you. Stop resisting. Just look at this. It's so much more comfortable. Look at this. It's safer if you did it this way. Oh, come on. Don't you want friends? Don't you want people to love you? Don't, don't be following the scriptures. Follow the crowd. Look at these people are connecting to the world. People are loving them. It'd be very easy to jump on. Question is, are you willing to resist the devil? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to give, give discernment to the lies that are being thrown at you? Will you let God humble you, make you into the man he needs you to be? Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you use this podcast for your glory. I ask that you use this to awaken guys who have just gotten too watered down or just... They've just kind of been chasing after the world a bit because of whatever it may be. But they, they, they feel like they're missing something. They're missing you, and they need you, Lord. Give them the courage to cry out. Give them the courage to speak out to you and asking them, or asking you to help them through this time. Get them back on their feet. To repair the armor. To give them the strength and the power and energy that they need to endure each day especially if many of these guys are struggling and just just feel like quitting is just the best way. Give them hope. Give them light. Let them know that there's other people struggling, but they're not alone, and they can find strength in you and encouragement from other men, the church, the communities that they're in, that are followers of you. I ask you help me as well to... Remember that humility does require me to surrender. And it does require me to let go of things and does require me to trust you because it is hard sometimes when it just feels like you're getting nailed left and right and you're trying to say it out loud. I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. But the hits are just getting harder to resist. You need strength. Courage. Give that to these guys that are seeking you out and just want an answer to help them grow closer to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, you have a great week. I'll see you next time. Bless.